At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the Nightcap here on VSIN, hour two. Still hasn't gone over. Just saying. Going to go over soon, but uh, hasn't gone over yet. 96-86, 8-11 to go, fourth quarter. Heat leading by 10. A little run here by the Celtics. Have outscored the Heat 10-3 in this fourth quarter. 1-1, one one, St. Louis and Colorado tied with uh, eight and change to go in the second period. And earlier tonight, it was the Lightning. Shout out to Sean King. Thomas. never in doubt. 4-1 to one victory over the Florida Panthers. And to talk much more about the Stanley Cup playoffs, bring in. I could say friend of the program. That's been right. on a bunch. We appreciate it. Greg Roshinsky doing phenomenal work over at ESPN. Uh, I'll start with tomorrow's games and tomorrow's series because I know my partner Greg is just going to gush and drool over his Tampa Bay <laughs> Lightning. Uh, so let's start with Rangers Carolina. Both these teams needing to go the distance to win their respective first round series. Series price Rangers plus 175, Carolina minus 200. Um, how do you handicap this series, and, and how deep are we going uh, between these two teams? Well, I, I may not go that deep uh, because I think Carolina has a few distinct advantages in this series. Uh, they're the better team at five-on-five. Five, that's clear. Uh, I watched all the Rangers games against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, the Penguins had the better of five-on-five five play in that series, and I think Carolina is an even better, even strength team. Uh, the Rangers really get a lot of uh, juice out of their power play. That might be negated. The Hurricanes had the best penalty kill in the regular season. And then, you know, Carolina's games against the Boston Bruins in Raleigh were just really lopsided affairs. They play really, really well at home ice. They were the best defensive team uh, at home in the regular season. So there's a lot of things kind of pointing to the uh, Hurricanes' direction in the series. Well, let me put some context on this, Greg, because I've taken the approach – and I gave it out last night on the nightcap. I'm betting the underdog in all four first-round games because I feel like outside of Colorado-St. Louis, which I don't think is 50-50, the other three series, I mean, in my opinion, could go either way. To talk specifically about Hurricanes versus Rangers, talk to me about momentum in hockey. I, I agree, especially early in that series, the Rangers 5-on-5 five five was was – below average, and then they got a game with no Sidney Crosby, so that helped. 
But I felt like the way Game 7 ended, they have the momentum. Now, I hate that Carolina's at home because they seem to be unbeatable there, but they still don't have Frederick Anderson. So I'm thinking that Igor could potentially steal one of these games if he plays at his full potential. He, he could, um, you know, and, and keep in mind on the Freddie Anderson part. I mean, Auntie Ranta has got a pretty hefty save percentage in the series and has played extraordinarily well on home ice for them uh, with Anderson out. So it may not be a necessarily a goalie uh, a detriment for the hurricanes in the series, but momentum is a tricky thing to figure out, but I do believe that it exists as far as confidence for individual players. And, and, and to that end, um, Igor Shachirkin, had his best game since game one in game seven. Uh, he played really well. And, uh, and I think was one of the main reasons why the Rangers were set up to win that game in overtime. So if you're looking for some signs of life from him, cause it has not been a very good playoff so far for him game twice. And uh, he gave up uh, three or more goals in uh, six of the seven games in the previous series. Uh, maybe that's a little bit of, of, of some good signs for him uh, the way he played in that game seven. Greg Rosinski here, ESPN senior NHL writer. Now, we almost blanked Canada. You know, Edmonton <laughs> and Calgary were deep in game seven, and it looked possible. But as fate would have it, Edmonton does play Calgary in this series. Connor McDavid was unbelievable in that series versus the Kings. But Leon, I don't want to pronounce his last name wrong. Is it Drysatel? Drysaddle. Drysaddle didn't seem to be 100%. Do you have an update? On, on the Edmonton forward? Well, there was some talk about his ankle being being a little, little messed up and uh, and not being 100% towards the end of that series. But obviously, he did play in the game seven, um, so you have that. But, uh, you know, listen, the story of the Oilers right now is is twofold. It's one, it's, it's Connor McDavid playing on a level that maybe we haven't seen since the heyday of Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky as far as a single player being able to uh, influence and impact the results of a series. He had, uh, he was on the ice for the Oilers last six goals in games six and seven in that series. I mean, he's just, whenever he's on the ice, something, something's happening in a positive way for the Oilers. Uh, the other story is Mike Smith, their goalie, who is, uh, you know, over 40 and, and kind of a guy that a lot of people have bemoaned for them bringing him back this year after a, a couple of, of sort of mediocre seasons in Edmonton. Uh, he's got two shutouts. He's got, uh, uh, you know, one of the best, Goals saved above expectation in a league in the first round. Um, those two the factors in their favor right now give them a, a chance in this Calgary series. But I, I think overall, the Flames' depth here is going to be the determining factor. And I think it, it could be. I think it could. I think it's going to go seven just because of the rivalry aspect of it. But I've also seen many people expecting it's going to go a lot shorter. You know, Greg. Speaking about talking about Calgary coming into the first round, I was like, if there is a team that I think can give Colorado problems. It was Calgary, but and I became very disenfranchised with them and their offensive output in the Dallas series. Now, I know Ottinger was in God mode in game seven, but <laughs> when you look at the Calgary offensive inefficiency, do I just say and chalk it up as, okay, Dallas just played lights out defensively and in goal, and Calgary's going to regress back to where they were during the regular season, which was pretty darn good on offense? Yeah, no, I, I think I think they're going to come back. I, I, I do. Uh, they, their shooting percentage in that series at one point I think was like just over three percent, which is just pathetic. <laughs> I mean, like it, it, they got nowhere to go but up. Uh, and I also think, like you said, that Dallas is a really stout defensive team, and Ottinger played out of his mind 
during some of those games in the series. So uh, Edmonton's, you know, Edmonton's not a pushover defensively. I thought they actually played a really good defensive game in game seven against the LA Kings. Um, but that's, that being said, I, I don't think that they present the same challenges that Dallas does. And, and I think some of those scores that were uh, stagnant uh, in, in the uh, opening round are going to have a, a bit more of an opportunity to uh, make some hay against the Oilers. Chatting once again with Greg Wyshynski, senior writer from ESPN, at Wyshynski on Twitter. Before I pivot back uh, to what we saw earlier tonight, the Tampa 4-1 to win over Florida, uh, what are your predictions of the two series that get going tomorrow night? Well, I'm, I'm taking Carolina in theirs. I'm taking Calgary in theirs. Um, you know, in Carolina's case, I think I had him winning in five. Wow. I just, you know, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just think Carolina is a team that rolls. I know that the Rangers, to their credit, are, are not going to be a pushover. They're not going to be a team that quits. But, um, you know, the way that Carolina plays at home, what you're looking at basically is if, you know, they take the first two and then split New York, I think they can make a pretty quick series out of this, which would obviously uh, behoove them with uh, what could be coming next. Um, so I like them. And then in the Calgary situation, like it's a combination of Jacob Marks from their goalie being the best goalie statistically in the playoffs so far. Um, I think that he's going to continue to be stout. And, and like I said, I do think that they're going to be able to pick up the pace offensively against the Edmonton team. Um, when McDavid's not on the ice, the LA Kings didn't have the weaponry to really take advantage of it. The flames had three 40 goal scorers. They've got scoring on, on most of their lines. I really think that they're going to present a, a completely different challenge to Edmonton, and I think they're going to win the series. Greg, I think you're underestimating Reeves' pregame starting lineup <laughs> announcements. I really do for the Rangers. I mean, that made me feel like I was playing football. Like, <laughs> He's, he, he gets them fired up, man. There's a reason why that guy's there. Ain't, ain't a lot of ain't a lot of fighting left in the league, right? But like, when you get a guy who can kind of uh, cut through it and, and make everybody feel you know pumped up and ready, uh, it, it's a good thing to have. Well, Greg, I think uh, my partner over here floated into the uh, into the studio. Well, I today. walked normally. I'm very, used to it. Very, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Back to back champs. Yeah. But Tampa takes care of Florida, uh, four to one tonight. You were uh, talking about a little bit off the air before we uh, before we jumped on here. Um, more impressive performance by Tampa tonight, or disappointing performance by the Panthers? I think disappointing for the Panthers, definitely. Um, you know, their power play right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Is 0 for 21, I believe it is, in the playoffs. Uh, that speaks to their best players not getting it done when they, they should be. Uh, speaking specifically about Jonathan Huberdeau and Alexander Barkov and, and, and uh, Claude Giroux and, and the rest of them. Uh, so that's one big problem is that when they do get a, a one nothing lead at even strength, uh, 
they're not, they can't add to it in the power play opportunities that they had. And that's a huge detriment. The other problem is that the lightning a had six power plays, uh, which is completely undisciplined on the part of the Panthers. Uh, and, and, you know, begging for it when you've got Kucherov and all those guys in the power play, but, but B they, they scored three times and, and they did so without Braden point in the game. You know, one of the best power play players that they have who was out with a lower body injury. So, you know, the Panthers handed them so many opportunities uh, on, on, in what's one of the best facets of their team. And they allowed them to score three times without one of their key power play performers in the lineup. So it, it is just, it's bad news all across the board. And they're going to have to figure out something for game two, because it, it does not portend to good things this first game. We got about a minute left. See, I looked at it slightly differently there, Greg. I thought Nikita Kucherov, who hadn't scored but one goal since May 6th prior to tonight, actually looked way more comfortable than he had at times in the Maple Leaf series. And I agree, if we're going to win it all, we need Brayton Point. But I thought Nikita Kucherov, who's a, a superstar in his own right, really stepped up and played an excellent game. Yeah, because he was in his natural habitat on the power play. <laughs> like, <laughs> the yeah. Well, they you were trying to cheat, Greg. That's what the referees and, uh, are there for. That's, but, that's, but you're speaking to my point, which is that, you know, even with Braden Point out of the lineup, like Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, like they've got so many weapons, and to give them the opportunity to do that at, at five on four, it's just it's it's just self defeating, you know. Like like I agree with Jandrew Brunette, the the Panthers coach. They played all right at five on five. They they actually had the advantage in a lot of ways at five on five. But my God, like you're squandering that advantage immediately if you let the Lightning get on the power play like that. At Wyshynski is where you can follow great him stuff, on G. Twitter, ESPN.com. Check all his great work, Greg. As always, we appreciate the insight. Anytime, thanks for having me. There he is, Greg Wyshynski. As the Avs lead two to one, it's not over yet, Sean. It's it's we're like four points away from it being over. It's not a cap here. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Draft like no other, wine like no other. Play free during the PGA Tour with the Mayomi Dare to Play Unrivaled Golf Series. Enter five free contests to take your shot at a share of $25,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Mayomi. That's M-E-I-O-M-I. Now to join the action, Mayomi, flavor forward. 21 and over. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly well it was a good run you know i really thought we were going to get there um i mean i don't I, <laughs> you were the only one i told you they picked out the casket and decided where your cemetery plot was going to be at come on now you, was you gotta believe you gotta dead. believe that if ever there was a ticket you could have set on fire this was it it was some defense baby uh it's 109.99 Three and a half minutes to go. Uh, go ahead and cash your over tickets. Well done by you uh, for those who faded or just like playing overs. Because I got a question. This one came home. What's up? If Horford and Smart play, you think it stays under? I mean, you take out two of their best guys. And I mean, you... Marcus Smart's a defensive player of the year. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. But Horford's also much better on offense as a big than anybody they played tonight. Well, they just they had that stretch at the end of the second quarter that they got red hot. Look, it was like I thought Boston was going to struggle to score. The in-game total. Boston's about to end up with 110, 115, somewhere up in there. Well, Miami is is red hot right now. Uh, and Jimmy Butler is getting himself to the line. He's hitting that mid-range that he thrives in. And uh, he's got 37 tonight. Yeah, he's so, trying to earn being called a star. You know, and one thing, it's it's interesting. JVT uh, pointed this out in his write-up. And I know he ultimately went with the Celtics. But once again, this was prior to the knowledge of Marcus Smart, now Horford being out. Um, the Heat this year, Sean, with three days of rest or more, which is what they had coming mm-hmm. into the night, 5-0 straight up, 5-0 and against the spread. And here tonight. That's why I don't count their bubble year, because that's what they need. They need a break. Time off. Well, it's funny. You sound like Pat Beverly, because I'm sure, you know, Pat Beverly, who said the Lakers, you know, is a bubble championship. I'm sure Pat Beverly, who was a part of the epic meltdown of the Clippers, uh, I'm sure if he had won a title, I'm sure he'd be calling it a bubble. You know, I was rocking with Pat Beverly, by the way. I'm going to go ahead and comment on that. I was rocking with him. Until he bumped his head during one of the breaks and came back and said he thought Harden was still a super max. Super duper max was actually what he said. See, I was with him pretty much on everything Today's else. The thing. But he lost me right there. You know, Chris Paul got him for 41 last year in game seven, right? Yeah, I'm not talking about the head well, to head matches. I'm talking well, no, about he's the talk- comments. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. talking about, I mean, look. But he, I don't think he was arguing about Chris Paul's offense. He was talking about Chris Paul's defender. I mean, saying that everybody in the league wanted, wanted Phoenix, come on. I mean, look, I like I like opinionated people. He's going to be really good. I'm not going to argue that might have been how they felt. They might not have wanted it after they got it, but they could have wanted it going into it. Right. I mean, so. I'll take it at what he said. They probably did want it. There's a lot of people doing Jordan's reign that say we want Chicago <laughs> until they got Chicago. That's, that's true. You know, so he's <laughs> well, been telling the truth. It, it was like uh, it was like the Celtics. You know, Paul Pierce and and KG. They all wanted LeBron until Game Six came around in 2012, and he right. went for 45 and 15. And they were yeah. like, Oh yeah, yeah, that happened. I mean, he ain't telling any lies until he started talking about Harden. So obviously, Harden is his boy. They probably hung a little bit in, in Houston, and he just. He's always indebted to Harden. Or maybe when he, maybe before he had the money he has now, Harden looked out. Jimmy Butler is feeling it tonight. Man. I'm happy for Butler. Too, Jimmy man. Butler is playing his behind off. He's got 39 now, eight boards, five assists, four steals, a couple of blocks. This is a hell of a performance. I'm happy for from Butler. Jimmy Butler. You know why I'm happy for Butler? Because I imagine somewhere. The powers that be in Philadelphia that decided Tobias Harris mm-hmm. was a better long-term play than Jimmy Butler as a partner to Joel Embiid. I just want I hope they got some real friends next to him and just looking at him like, and then that Fred Stan, that, that Fred Stan, you big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. The 76ers chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. They had to pick which one they were gonna pay. They decided to pay Tobias and not Jimmy. Wowzers. Yeah, he is uh Oh my goodness! He's playing tremendous Good for you, through this postseason, and now here in uh, in Game One. So we'll talk more about it when this game goes officially final, uh, and we'll get the adjusted price on the series. But you know, is that the time? And I mentioned it yesterday. I thought Boston entering yesterday right. was going to win the title. Okay, is it now the time 
to buy in on it. Nah. If there was a game that Boston was going to be flat in the second half, I thought it would be this one. Yeah. Just because of all the energy that they had to exert in game seven, game six to even make it to game seven. Meanwhile, they, the lost, Heat, they lost game one against the Bucs yeah, at home. But it, it was the end of the series that I thought was exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were on elimination. They were in Milwaukee. It was game six. Like, yeah. You know, they had to fight, scratch, claw. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Miami was playing James Harden and the Sixers. He decided to shoot twice in the second half. So it just is a whole different energy. So I felt like if they were going to be flat, it would have been tonight. Now, they need Horford. Horford's a big part, and offensively, he makes everybody better because he can stretch the floor. So you can't really do what Miami wants to do, which is keep Bam in the paint and have an extra a rim protector there. So... I think it's important that they get him back. Uh, by the way, it's only a seven-point game. I'd, that, lo- it, it, I'd love a backdoor cover here. And that's the thing, Sean, about this game is it's felt like, you know, look. This my, game is going seven, by the way. This series is. Boston had the lead at the half, right? They were yeah. up 62-54. to 54. The second, the third quarter was a disaster for the Celtics and just phenomenal by the Heat. They outscored them 39-14. to 14, And as I mentioned, the, the telecast, I don't know what it's up to now, uh, but – Miami is the best third-quarter team right now in the playoffs. They've been crushing teams out of the gate in the second quarter. But, I mean, what's the final score going to be? Eight, nine, maybe ten point? I hope. I mean, uh, hopefully for your case, it's two. I hope it's, it's a, a four-point game and they hit a three at the buzzer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, at that point, yeah, I want I want to make sure it comes home for you, but... I just I don't I wouldn't take too much out of this. I feel like whatever you thought pre-flop, I probably feel the same way. And that's why I said... You if know. I like Miami, I wouldn't feel any stronger. I just would feel like this was situationally one that's set up for us. If I'm on Boston, I, I wouldn't, you know, get carried away and jump ship either. What I will do now, though, is if I like Boston, I would look into taking them for the series. And you'll get a better number. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, they were as high as, I think, minus 190 in some spots. You see it right there at DraftKings, minus 180. So what is the adjustment after this game, and is it time to buy in? That's why, you know, it was a bit of a risk. And I guess you could say, why didn't you play the Heat? Well, I I wasn't totally confident the Heat would take care of business, but I wasn't ready to fire on the Celtics coming off of the battle that they had in Game 7, that whole entire series, and, you know, quick turnaround while the Heat had the rest advantage. Now, Heat are going to take care of business. They're going to win Game 1. Unfortunately, the over is going to hit with, <laughs> Lots I love, of comfort. I love this little Pritchard dude. Peyton Pritchard? Yeah. Yeah, he's... he's like, a- if he walked through the mall, like, you wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> but he got game. Got four threes tonight, finished with 18. Yeah. So there it is. Uh, final seconds ticking off Miami. Uh, going to win 118 to 107. Over hits. Home favorite takes care of business. We will get uh, the updated series price shortly. Um you know, we will get an updated futures board shortly, too. So if you're on Team Celtics, and once again, Jonathan Von Tobel will join us top of the hour. We'll get his thoughts on it. Is this the time to look into investing in the Celtics? Yeah, I feel bad for JVT. That's a tough break. Yeah. Because you're forced to put it out early, you know, so people can get the information and decide what they want to do. But, I mean, good. Holford catches COVID. I mean, come on. Uh. By the way, uh, SMG says, no, Tim, don't do it. Heat will win the series. Okay. Well, hopefully you took the plus price because you get a, could have got a good price on a on the number one seed home court advantage. See, what I'm hoping happens is money. that the Heat wins game two and I can get plus money on Boston. 
I'm hoping Horford and Smart don't play in game two and the Heat win. I don't think Horford's playing in game two. Good. That's what Smart, I, I don't know. I mean, Smart. Hope he sits. He played game seven, and now he's out for – he was out, out today. So, um, But it is uh, in the books. The Celtics fall to the Heat, 118-107. Jimmy Butler goes for 41 tonight, Sean. 41 points, nine boards, five assists, four steals, three blocks as the Heat take care of business. And uh, for Jason Tatum, 21 of his 29 came in the first half. He was held, I believe, I want to say one one or two shots made from the field. So here's how it's going to play out. Smart's going to sit game two. Butler's going to have another big game. They're going to get back to Boston. Smart and Horford are going to come back. Smart's going to prove the rest of the series why he was NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Put Butler in cuffs. Lock him up. Maybe you should just you know, play him in game two. Nah, and not and not have to win four games. In the five. foot ain't right. You gotta wait. Can't be out there halfway against Butler. We'll get back to a little puck in depth on the Oilers' frames. We'll discuss that next right here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Keep it rolling here on the nightcap. If you're just joining us or just finished watching the Heat take care of business and win game one. So the Heat take a 1-0 series lead, winning 118 to 107, 41 points from Jimmy Butler. Heat win, cover the point spread, over hits in that one. After two periods in Colorado, and the Avalanche have a 2-1 lead over the St. Louis Blues. So two of the second round series got going tonight. And two more will get started tomorrow night. And to get an in-depth look at the Edmonton and Calgary series, which obviously we'll be keeping a very close eye on. It'll be on during our show. Uh, We check in with Reed Wilkins, uh, who covers the Oilers on 630CHED in Edmonton. Check out his program, 6 to 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Reed, we appreciate you jumping on. And uh, both Edmonton and Calgary having to uh, go the distance uh, let's start with that Edmonton series. Um, you know, what was your biggest takeaway from that? Because I think a lot of people, including myself, were a little surprised at maybe some of the early performances against the Kings. Did you feel the way that they finished off that series, they're hitting their stride heading into this Calgary series? Well, I hope the Oilers learn from that series. You know, they they lost game one. They didn't play very well out of the gate. I think the excitement and hype of, of being in the playoffs and playing back in front of a crowd maybe got to them and they fell behind early. And then they blew the Kings out in games two and three. And maybe in some ways that was the worst thing that could have happened to them because very lackluster performance in game four, very lackluster performance for most of game five. They rallied in the third to take it to overtime but lost early. And then I thought in game six and seven, they were clearly the better team, you know, started the game. Well, got the lead checked. Well, didn't give LA a lot of great, a scoring chances. 
And uh, then the two nothing win in Game Seven. I think the final score, you know, flatters the Kings. I think Jonathan King or Jonathan Quick kept them in that uh, kept them in that game, and they missed a couple Grade A scoring opportunities. Here's here's the one thing I I, that I want everybody to keep in mind for the Edmonton Oilers. They are traditionally a, a team that does not start games well, and I'm not just talking about earlier this season where they had long stretches in which they didn't score the first goal. This goes back to 16-17 when they broke the 10-year playoff drought, and their coach was Todd McClellan, who's now with the LA Kings. They often didn't play well in first periods and fell behind in games. When they changed coaches mid-season and, and had Jay Woodcroft come behind the bench, they got better at starting they initiated more, they grabbed the lead more often. So an old problem kind of hindered them in, in their three losses against the Kings this season. So hopefully they, they start games well against Calgary because you cannot afford to fall behind against the Flames. Avery, thanks for coming on the show. When you look at this Edmonton team, you know, first of all, take your hat off to Connor McDavid. I mean, he was in God mode in, in that Kings series. But Leon, and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name, Dreisaitl, is that how you correctly pronounce it? Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl was actually second in the league to Austin Matthews in goals. He's battling a high ankle sprain. How close is Leon to being fully healthy for this Flames series? I don't think he's close, Sean. Uh, <laughs> but he's going to play. The general manager of the Oilers, Ken Holland, was on uh, another show on our station today called Oilers Now. And he said, you know, Dreisaitl didn't practice today. Neither did Brian Nugent Hopkins or Evander Kane, who are two other key members of the Oilers. But uh, Ken Holland said that they will all play tomorrow. You know, I, I would not be surprised if however long this playoff run goes for the Oilers, whether it goes just another week or whether it goes right to the Stanley Cup final, it wouldn't surprise me if Leon Dreisaitl doesn't practice the rest of the way. I mean, clearly in game six and seven, he was hindered. Quite frankly, I think something was bothering him even before uh, he got taken down by Mikey Anderson in a scrum in game six, which seemed to, to create a problem or make an existing problem even worse. But, you know, he clearly didn't have the, the jump and the burst that he usually has. So I don't think we're going to see Leon Dreisaitl at 100% until training camp next year. But as you guys know, it's the playoffs. They're going to play through pain. They're going to do whatever they can to manage it. And I think, you know, I, on my show today, I referenced, you know, Mario Lemieux back in his heyday when he had the back problems and he didn't practice or take game day skates. He got his trainers to tie the skates for him before the pregame warmup. He took the pregame warmup, played the game. Those are the only times he's, he was on the ice. Drysettle might be sort of in a similar situation here. You know, if you're Jay Woodcroft, when you look back at that Kings series, you know, to me, when Edmonton's at their best, because they have so much uh, offensive talent, you mentioned, you know, Vander Kane. They also picked up uh, Heikman, I think is how you pronounce his name, you know, at the trade deadline. They're this free-flowing, creative, aggressive, getting a bunch of shots on goal, offensive juggernaut. I felt like they let the Kings drag them into more of a slowed-down you know, conservative, especially until late in those games, kind of style of play. How does he get them back to what they're they're best at? You know, I I I, I think that your observation is an accurate one, and I think, you know, the the players the Oilers have added, 
you know, they've signed Evander Kane mid-season. Uh, they signed Zach Hyman as a free agent last summer from Toronto. Um, you know, they've had Ryan McLeod as a, as a younger player who debuted last year late in the season and now is starting to look more like an established NHL player. Josh Archibald is playing on the third line who missed most of the season uh, with myocarditis and couldn't travel to the States because he's not vaccinated. Now he, he can play in every game. And, 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 you know, the Oilers have often had that reputation as, yeah, sort of that high-flying, globetrotter-like team. They can score fancy goals off the rush, but that's harder and harder to do when you go into the playoffs and teams defend better. And I, and I think you're right. The, the Kings worked on taking away the neutral zone from the Oilers. Now, when the Oilers can get it going, and I think this is an advantage or this is something to watch against Calgary as well, they need to get the puck in behind the defense, find a way to shoot it in, shoot it in intelligently into a spot where uh, you know, you're going to make the Flames defense turn and you can go in there and bang a little bit and then get a cycle game going down low because the Oilers have more players and more lines capable of doing that than they did the last couple of years in the playoffs. And they can sort of come at you in waves. You know, the problem with the Oilers in, in recent, in the, the last two playoff appearances was, you know, when McDavid and Drysaddle weren't on the ice, teams could almost relax and win the game on those shifts. When the Oilers are going now, well, you know, it's it's McDavid's line, then it's Drysaddle's line, and then it's Nugent Hopkins out with maybe a couple of bangers, and then you can throw in a guy like Zach Cassian on a fourth line and go in there and create some havoc. So that's sort of you know, how the, the Kings prevented them from doing that at times, credit to the Kings. But once the Oilers committed to that, it did kind of turn the series a little bit. And they're going to have to do it again against, uh, against the Flames. Reed Wilkins here on the nightcap. Now, Reed, Lord Stanley has spoken. He obviously likes beaches. You know, he likes sand. He likes palm trees. That's why he's taking a residence in the great city of Tampa, Florida, I, for one, think you know, for the third time in the last three seasons, he will ultimately end up back in the same place. Having said that, I don't know what happened north of the border, but obviously he doesn't like Canada too much. It's been 1993, Montreal, last time Lord Stanley resided in Canada. How big a series is this for Edmonton and Colorado, or Calgary, considering they're basically carrying the Canadian hopes for this season? Well. I think even if there were other Canadian teams alive, this is going to be one of the most memorable things that will happen in the province of Alberta this year. And I say that with all due respect to, you know, obviously there are a couple other pretty serious, serious things going on in the world, but I'll, I'll put this in context for you guys. You know, they, 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 they played, you know, some series in the late mid to late eighties. And then they had a series in 1991. Um, and those series for the people like me who are old enough to remember them are still talked about and, and remembered and revered and rehashed. And I'll specifically refer to the series in 1991. They played in the first round. I mean, usually when they played in the eighties, they played in the second round to get out of what was called the smite division. You know, and now this year they're playing to get out of the, out of the Pacific. They were playing to get out of the smite division in 1991. And it was this incredible back and forth physical series full of hatred, full of animosity. You know, fans pulled into it. Every game was life and death. And Edmonton won in game seven overtime. The Edmonton Oilers did not win the Stanley Cup in 1991. That series is probably talked about as much, if not more, as some of the series the Oilers actually won the Stanley Cup in or won on the way to winning the Stanley Cup. So that's how huge this is. There's provincial bragging rights. 
um, you know, one team after, you know, years of, of falling short, missing the playoffs or losing early in the playoffs, one of these teams is going to go at least to the conference finals. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's massive. I don't, I don't know if any, I don't know if the winning team is going to adopt itself as Canada's team. I mean, who knows? I guess that's rough <laughs> to the rest of the Canada to decide, but, but certainly there's going to be bragging rights in Alberta for at least a year. Reed, we got uh 20 seconds. What's your prediction? How do you see this series playing out? I'm going to make the homer pick. I think Calgary should be a slight favorite, but uh, I will pick the Oilers in seven because I think McDavid is going to will them to victory. He is Reed Wilkins. Great stuff, Reed. Covers the Oilers, uh, doing great work up there in Edmonton. Reed, we appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sean, I want you on my show to talk about Hamilton someday. Okay, buddy. Thanks. Let's do it. <laughs> there he is, Reed Wilkins. Hey, a little CFL talk. Uh, that was uh, plus man, 1,000 Lord Stanley on down here. in Tampa on the beach. You're chilling. mean, man. You're mean. The nightcap here on Visa. This is the nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Spring Special is here for only 59 bucks. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months, they're going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com, and subscribers will have access to it all. That includes Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets, Jonathan Von Tobel, he'll have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals, Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through. Stanley Cup playoffs will have also plenty of NFL preseason coverage, not to mention the best bets uh, on golf, UFC, NASCAR. If you want full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want, the cost is only 59 bucks through July 31st, VEASAN.com slash spring. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Uh, Sean is sweating out the Angels-Rangers. No, I'm, I'm not sweating. You're not sweating? Madden blew it. Joe Madden blew it. Yeah, he's got a clown in pitching. And he just left him in. He's just sitting over there like, now you want to go get him. Now just leave him out there, Joe. See if he can give up eight runs in the bottom of the eighth. He came in. It was the, they had At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. lead 4-3. He threw six consecutive balls. Six. And man's just over there rubbing his mustache. Well, has he faced three batters? 
Yes. Oh, okay. He's responsible for all of them. He came in. It was 4-3. They were winning. It's now 5-4. They have no outs. Didn't – I was trying to remember the last night. Aren't you, like, trying to give me, you know, like the, the calm, like, hey, you got to be calm and all this? No, I wasn't mad at the player. The player stinks. I no, mean, you're talking about yeah, – you're talking, talking, about, to, talking to me I'm talking and how, about, I, how I react to games. I'm and, talking about Jersey Joe sitting over there just relaxing. We got capable guys in the bullpen. Jersey if it ain't his night, then, hey, man, don't let him ruin the party for everybody. Jeez. Two to one, the Avs still leading over the uh, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, under coming home and the dog in game one, Sean's Tampa Bay Lightning. Four to one victory. Uh, nice plus money cash and a great call by Sean last night on the program. We'll see if uh, another dog can come home in St. Louis uh, against Colorado as, uh, once again, Colorado leading that game two to one. Uh, about midway through the third period, we'll talk. Uh, I kind of got. I almost felt feel like St. Louis plays better under pressure, like they got that early goal, goal and I feel like they, they their aggressiveness went down. Like Colorado has thirty three shots, so the Blues only have twenty two. Like you got to be aggressive with Colorado, but that's, but that's gonna happen every game this series. You can't beat Colorado trying to. Play conservative, and you know you just you gotta get yeah you gotta get out and say hey, you guys are tremendous on offense. So are we. I mean they're gonna need as they come back from break and they're showing Jordan Bennington. I mean they're gonna need Jordan Bennington Stanley Cup Jordan Bennington. Yeah, him from to, nineteen. Him to stand on his head, uh, and so far you know he's given up two goals tonight, but thirty one saves, um, two to one once again the score right now between. The Blues and the Avs. Two series tomorrow um, are starting tomorrow. Do you agree? I guess you disagree with... Uh, it was interesting to hear Greg Wyshynski talk about how he believes that the Carolina series could be short work. Five games. Well, I'm not going to get on the show and, and put my reputation on the line with the Rangers, but they're capable. Now, can they? Yes. Will they? I don't know. I mean, they were down 3-1 to Pittsburgh. Sure were. So that lets me know that, okay, they are very apprehensive. They let in some very easy goals early. Igor was not even near the top flight goal he is capable of. But then they buckled down when their backs were against the wall. But they also are playing an older Pittsburgh team. If they, you know, put themselves in that same position against this Carolina squad, then, you know, it's going to be lights out. So I get what Greg is saying. I'm just saying I'm going to, by the way, 7-4 bases loaded, still no outs. Uh, probably going to lose. I was just saying I'm probably going to bet the underdogs in the first round all four games. So right now it looks like unless St. Louis can find some magic in this uh, third period, they're down 2-1. I'll be 1-1 one one today. But you'll be 1-1, one one, but I'll plus, have a plus, yeah. plus 1.4 yep. units. Absolutely. Uh, because- Tomorrow I'm going to take Edmonton and the Rangers. So how do you – I haven't heard your thoughts. Greg was Carol Calgary, but felt like it would go seven. Um, and then Reed, he, you know, he prefaced it. It's a homer pick, but he felt like Connor McDavid, on the backs of Connor McDavid, they will get there in seven games. Um, everyone seems to expect and anticipate this north-of-the-border showdown is going to go seven. Is this a series that you would look to take the plus price on Edmonton 
to pull it out. So I gotta see. What, and and as you mentioned, yeah, I gotta see what Dry Seidel's hurt. Yeah, I gotta see what Leon looks like. Played in, in game the first seven. Game. I just gotta see what he looks like in the first game. Like he was second to Austin Matthews in the NHL this year, fifty-five goals. Like Connor McDavid is a, I mean, I mean he's a genius, but it was. And I, I don't say his last name because I never get it right. It was Dreisaitl. it was dry, it was Leon Drysidel that was second to Matthews in actual goals. Oilers right now at circa plus one sixty five to win the series. Yeah, I'm minus one ninety for the Flames. And again, Calgary wasn't hitting on all cylinders on offense. So if they're still, you know, not executing at peak output, I mean Edmonton's capable. So we'll switch it over to the NBA. Come up top of the hour, uh, JVT will join us. Jonathan Von Tobel, uh, his reactions to the Heat performance tonight and uh we'll get his thoughts on what to expect in the western conference finals haven't really talked much on the western conference finals we'll turn our attention to that a bit uh in the third hour of the show but uh tonight 118 107 final uh you know it was right there i think i i think bad beats will probably have the under uh on it i mean it was just we had it the whole time went never in doubt until you know it went 20 points over uh, 118 to 107, the final. So, I have Jimmy Butler. Interesting when you finish this about this game. Yeah. Jimmy Butler was really impressive. 41 points tonight, uh, nine boards, five assists. Obviously, Boston, no Al Horford dealing with uh, COVID. And then Marcus Smart out with the foot injury. So, what, what was, uh, what jumped to you? I was watching the highlights and I didn't see. Grant Williams Williams get into it with the head coach from Boston. He was telling him something looked like about his defensive rotation, mm. and he was telling the head coach, move on, move on, move on. See, that's the issue with a role guy, a role player who has a big game. He starts feeling himself. I don't like that. I'm, I'm – I was gonna take Boston. I'm on Miami now. So I'm on Miami now. I, I just I've seen it happen as a coach. I've seen it happen as a player. You have a role player that steps up, has a big game, and he doesn't even realize it. Like internally, he thinks he's completely 100 percent right. But a year from now, he's gonna look back and say I was tripping. And and that's what I just saw from Grant Williams. Well, the funny thing is, I'm glad you brought that up because it was uh, it was about a month, maybe two months ago, and I just saw. Uh, Tom Habistro retweet this. You remember when Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam, in the middle of the game, were right. yelling at each other, had to be held back. Mm -hmm. Since then, Miami's fifteen and six. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler's a no. I know yeah, it's he's just the highest paid guy on the it's team. Just, it, it's it's it, and he leaves it on the court. He's done it for years. It's very interesting uh, to see that. And another great stat about Jimmy Butler is tonight was his fortieth. Sorry, not his fortieth. His fifth 40-point game in the postseason. That is the third most over the last 30 postseasons. The only players to have done it more, LeBron's done it 12 times. Shaq did it eight times. And the crazy thing about that stat, he has zero 40-point games in the regular season. He steps up. And we saw it a couple years ago in the bubble. We're seeing it this postseason. And... You know, I was uh, I was listening to uh, Drew Dinsick on Gill's show, Primetime Action, prior to, you know, us coming on the air. I thought he made an interesting point, which is, you know, the Celtics kind of 
they, look, they had to battle back from being in a terrible spot this year, they right? Did. A lot of playoff games, a lot of miles. Miami does a pretty good job of of resting players and load management and all of that. And coming into tonight, they had extended time to prepare and to rest. The Celtics played on Sunday in a war to close out a seven-game series. They did. I just, I need JVT. I need to talk to JVT about it. I'm going to ask him about the Horford this, situation. This Grant Williams thing. One final thought, though, uh, and uh, interesting note from Femi Abebefe here at DC. I did see his note. Jalen Brown is unvaccinated. Al Horford has COVID. Uh, there were pictures of them at practice yesterday. Just something to keep in mind uh, with uh, with this old situation. We at Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare